This is the EPLOG audio experience. You are listening to the Artist Podcast with me, Sajitha. Stay tuned. Hi guys, welcome to the 126th episode of the Artist Podcast with me, Sujitha. And our guest for today is screenwriter Tom Vaughn. Tom has been writing professionally for over 20 years and he's written for Warner Brothers, Sony Pictures and Disney. He has developed screenplays for Nicolas Cage, Barry Sonnenfeld, Chow Yun Fat and many others. He wrote Winchester starring Helen Mirren that got released in 2018 and currently he's also the screenwriting instructor at his alma mater, the University of Houston. There are multiple things we discuss but one of the most important things, the WGA strike and its impact on artists worldwide. The strike is not human versus a human strike. It's actually a strike between human and a bot. Listen more coming right up, so stay tuned. Hi Tom, welcome to our podcast, The Artists. Thank you for being here. I'm very glad to be here. And uh, I love the board behind with all the scenes and everything. This looks so cool. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I try to make uh, good use of all the wall space in the in the office. Lovely. Tom, we have been hearing so much about the WGA strike and yeah. being a screenwriter, uh, also a professor of screenwriting. I just want to sort of start with the WGA strike, which everyone has been talking about the world over, including India. And, oh, I didn't uh, know, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's sort of, it's going to impact all of us. So it's not like uh, a lone thing that's happening somewhere in the in a Hollywood studio. <laughs> I, you, you do wonder, I was like, does anyone else care what's going on? Everyone cares, everyone cares, and everyone is talking about it. And now people are talking about it more because the productions are shutting. What are your thoughts on it as a screenwriter? Uh, how involved are you? How involved are your colleagues uh, at present moment in the strike? Yeah, um, well, I'm a, obviously a member. I've been a, a member of the Writers Guild for 27 years. Wow. Um, I all, all of my work falls under the Guild. Mm. So it, you know, I voted to authorize the strike if, if uh, the leadership had thought it was necessary. I have a film that's supposed to be in production later this year, and that will be all dependent on whether the strike hap- or whether the strike concludes or not. Yeah. Um, I have another film coming out in August, so like that w- that will be very it will be a curious experience of having a film coming out during the strike where mm. I I won't be able to work with them to to publicize it at all. And, mm-hmm. and having a film kind of postponed. So there's, I, I choose to live in Houston. All my work comes out of, out of Los Angeles, comes out of mm-hmm. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fly mm-hmm. back when I can. Sure. Uh, so I'm not involved in the day-to-day strikes. 
right. uh, where they're actually picketing the studios. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's the writers uh, right now are, are determined, uh, yeah. dedicated, they're energized. I've never seen the guild this unified. Um, yeah. So there are legitimate concerns. And really what's interesting about our, uh, our proposals yeah. and really our demands at this point, there are demands. Yeah. Um, it sounds, it sounds like such a blunt word. These are our demands, yeah. but essentially that's, that's what it is. Yeah. But there isn't anything we're asking that is necessarily groundbreaking. It's mostly moving back to older models and retaining a system that has worked since since the beginning of television, uh, you know. So it, it is in a lot of ways us telling the studios, the 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 people who who make those decisions, who a lot of which don't. There's not a lot of evidence they understand our business very well. They 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 are CEOs of very large co- corporations. Yes, um, and then. The people that do this exclusively, like Netflix, their model from the beginning has been a very different model. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as their their financial model of streaming. Mm-hmm. So we're really, in a lot of ways, protecting what needs to happen to get the quality they've, they've come to expect and what audiences have come to expect. Mm-hmm. And trying to save the studios from themselves in a lot of ways. That the model that they are creating, the model that they want to implement and are trying to implement Hmm. will drive the business into the ground. Mm -hmm. And we are at the forefront at it. And if we do not stop it now with the power we have in collective bargaining, Mm. then in 15, 20 years, the guild won't exist the way it is. Mm. Uh, Screenwriting as a profession won't exist the way it is. Mm. The work will not be better. The work mm. will all be worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so we consider it an, an existential crisis of the screenwriting occupation. Mm. Mm. So mm. we are we are determined. We we are uh, committed to this. We know mm. there's not much of a future if the business keeps going the direction it's going. Tom, I read this uh, amazing piece on the strike and there was um, a mention about AI very strongly uh, perhaps as a subtext but yes it was very strong uh, after the coming of uh, you know things like chat GPT and stuff do you think that's one of the key reasons that humans are threatened that could be a, one of the key reasons why the strike is so strong in terms of uh, opposing what the AI might come and do to the world of writing? Yeah, it's it's interesting because AI was somewhat of an afterthought for the, for the WGA. Mm. Like we just kind of patched something together. And this is from what I've been told from the negotiating committee and, and um, uh, the board of it was just an afterthought of, hey, we we see this coming, so we want to put some safeguards on. Oh. And the proposal back to us from 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 the studios was they don't want to even talk about it. There's no counter proposal. Mm. 
They said, we do not want to limit our use of this technology. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they weren't willing to even talk about it, mm-hmm. there was the suspicion they had some plan for it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they came back, just refusing to even talk about it, mm-hmm. it immediately went to the forefront of our concerns. And again, going back to the idea that there is there is consistent indications that the people making the decisions from the studio side do not necessarily understand our business, the business mm-hmm. of screenwriting, mm-hmm. that in itself. Mm-hmm. So none of us are particularly concerned of AI fully taking over the job of screenwriting. Mm-hmm. There, it's It's just not, AI doesn't even understand what it's saying. All AI is doing is plagiarizing other people's work and merging it together in a way the algorithm says makes sense. It doesn't know what it's doing because it's not actually intelligence. It's not. So it is a plagiarism machine. So we we're not concerned about it completely taking over. What we're concerned about Hmm. is the illusion that executives Mm -hmm. may have that this is actual work and then creating AI outlines, creating AI scripts Mm. and then hiring us to fix them and make them workable. And Mm. in their mind, they think 80% of the job is done. AI does 80% of the the work and then the writer does 20% not knowing mm-hmm. that they're actually making the writer's work much, much more difficult. Yeah. And then on top of it, putting it all on one single writer rather than a writer's room and a TV show that can work out ideas, work together. Yeah. So the, we are far more concerned about uh, the mistakes and the hubris of people thinking AI can do more than it actually can. I I believe AI can be a useful tool in some areas in writing, like the dictionary, the thesaurus. Yeah. Like there's no doubt in my mind that there are useful things AI can do. Yeah. Um, but the idea of it replacing a writer's room. Um, uh, do, you think, in, do you think this idea is, I don't particularly think this has penetrated the Indian market so far. And I was talking to, a few other markets as well, like in UK, uh, the penetration of AI in the writer's room. Do you see this has uh, prominently penetrated in the Hollywood market and is looming as a large threat in every other market? It's a good question. I I have not seen it affect us just yet Mm -hmm. Um, because... You know, a, a every example I've seen, and I've played with ChatGPT a little bit. Yes. There are certain things I think it does well. I think it does ad copy pretty well. Yes. Um, it does search optimization pretty well. Yes. Uh, and you still have to go in. You have to fix it. You have to. It is, um, uh, you, you know, AI can, can help you, again, just my limited experience, that it gives you a very knowledgeable but dumb assistant who can yeah. generate data that yes. you have to go in and refine and 
And I think, uh, you know, for, uh, for, for people with a, with a limited staff, it can be, it can be useful. Yeah. But if you're looking to evoke emotions, if you're looking to, um, tell stories that move people, uh, it, it hasn't shown to me any evidence that it's capable of doing that, that doesn't just increase the workload of yeah. the, of the human writer, because mm. the human writer now has to. Um, but I think from an executive's point of view, they're not writers either. Yes. So in their, in their sense, like they're throwing out ideas that the writer has to work with, and they think that's writing because they're throwing yeah. out ideas. Yeah. So I think perhaps in their mind, they think another machine that is throwing out ideas is another writer. But that's not, again, that's not what actually we do. That is mm -hmm. a very small percentage of what we do mm. and how to put that in a way that moves an audience, that keeps an audience coming back, um, that keeps the audience from pausing and going to the bathroom and, you know, making dinner or walking yeah. out of the theater. Like that's another job. That is, mm. that is a skill in itself. So with, with the, the, the studios apparently just reading between the lines seem to be fantasizing about extremely small staffs. They've already shrunk the staffs considerably. They've already pretty much cut the training model the industry has had to create more showrunners at the mm. news. So we have had a de facto training mentoring model in place for 70 years that trains the future showrunners, that trains people to understand production, that trains people to understand the translation of page onto the camera. Mm -hmm. of post-production, having an, uh, a, a showrunner there at post-production, mm -hmm. you don't just start there. Like that's not something that you graduate from no. college and go into that. Yeah. So when we cut off the years of training that create our professionals, you, you are depleting the future. There yeah. is who, how does anyone learn how to do this job? Yeah. <laughs> like this is on the job training for 10, yeah. 10, 15 years before you're ready to do this thing at, at a high enough level. Yeah. Occasionally you'll get a particularly good genius that can like really cut that in half. Uh, but they're the exception. They're not the rule. That's certainly not my case. I had to learn this job. This took me a while to learn this job, hmm. but we have been seeing this in middle America. And I, and I'm curious of like what the economy is like and how it affects India, because we, we have a lot of our outsourcing to India. Yes. So I'm curious of uh, the model in the studio's mind is not storytelling. In their mm. mind, the model is widgets. It's content. It is just an obscure, it is like any mechanical or article that they sell, like yeah. a table. Mm. So you can only sell so many tables. So at some point, if you want to grow, you have to lower the cost yeah. of building the table. And so what the United States have been doing for the last 50 years is then going overseas to have them build the tables mm. for less. Mm. And mm. it has decimated middle America's manufacturing. It has decimated mm. uh, our middle class and lower class economy. 
the upper class is doing just great. They're fine. They haven't been affected yeah. by any of this. Yeah. And uh, so, and of course, people uh, who did not have manufacturing jobs or, you know, in some, some places, like it's just plain slave labor, you know, like it's just, yeah. you know, like there's some factories in China that yeah. Yeah. you do not want to be working at and you don't, you know, like, so that is another political conversation, but yeah. And in the studio's mind, they have created a streaming model that has limited growth at a certain point. Like when you start out, it's great because you're getting more, more and more customers, more and more subscriptions, more and more subscriptions. Yeah. But at some point, that growth is going to slow down considerably. Yeah. Like you can only grow, like you are a well-developed company. Mm. And so the only way to create growth is to shrink cost. Yeah. Yeah. And so in their mind, well, we've been doing this to middle America for 50 years. We just ship this overseas. We find ways to in decrease the price of labor. And so that's what they're doing now. Yeah. But they don't understand that there's the machinery protects the quality of the table. Hmm. You know, like you're, you don't have individual craftsmen making those tables anymore. You're like you put it into a machine, the yeah. machine makes the table, the cheap labor assembles it, puts it together in the box, whatever, you know, like, so you can move overseas for construction of something you sell at Walmart and the quality of it is not that perceptible. The difference in quality is not that perceptible to the customer. But that mentality does not work with creative artistic fields. It does not work with storytelling. It does not work with screenwriting. It does not uh, work with what we do. And so we are resisting their attempts mm. to diminish the price of our labor, mm. to diminish the quality of our product, uh, and to diminish our worth as artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tom, you you mentioned this like shrinking the cost, and um, AI could be a tool to shrink those costs. In their mind, yes. In their minds, uh, but actually, they are diminishing the quality of the product uh, oh while gosh. they are shrinking the cost if they're relying too much on the AI to do the eighty percent of their job. Why is all this, and I, I asked this question to another uh, filmmaker, why do you think there has always been this dichotomy between art and commerce, between creative and commerce? Why is it that there is such an issue for both of them uh, to sort of come on the same page, uh, despite the fact that both are uh, so equally dependable on each other. I mean, the yeah. studio cannot function without uh, uh, the, the great creative work, you know. So why yeah. is it that they, you know, they do not give that kind of, uh, you know, importance to the creative work and always the commerce takes precedence? Why is that? I, I think it's a personality issue. I think it depends of... Um, you know, we do like art, artists and actors and directors and writers. We create the only product most of these companies sell. Like, like we create their product. 
Yeah. Uh, you've got a couple other companies like Amazon and Apple where, you know, we are secondary concerns for them and their cash flow does not depend on us at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Netflix, Paramount, Sony, Columbia, Sony Columbia, uh, you know, like we Disney, like we create the primary product they yeah. sell. Yeah. We have concerns. We obviously want to make money. We want to provide for our families. We want to have, you know, for me, I, I'm a, what is, you know, what we kind of always refer to as a middle-class writer. You know, I've never, I've never hit the A list. I've never had those big seven figure sales, but I've made a living at this for almost three decades. Yeah. But I don't, I like more money. You know, I'm always, I'm happy to make more money, but what's important to me is, I get to make a, uh, a decent living, but I do what I love. And, and it's such a gift. The two things that I love the most in this world is making movies and teaching. Like that's, mm. that's what I love to do. Mm. And I get to do those things. And as long as I get to do those things at, a, at a, a minimum amount of income that I can live comfortably and provide for my family, I'm beyond happy. Mm. That's a different mentality than the corporation where, and, and as you say, this, this conflict has been there for forever, yeah. uh, but it has become more prominent and more adversarial now mm. because we are run by corporations that have a second, third tier view of what we do. Mm. When the studio system started, you had people who ran the studio. Like there were individuals were there. It was their company. It was their blood and sweat. And their primary concern was money, but they were also filmmakers. They were also studio heads. It was their family. It was direct to them. Yeah. But now it's a corporation and it's not your own company. Like they'll move on in five years. They'll move on in 10 years or they'll retire with 500 million in the bank. Like it is... It is such, it is so down their list of concerns of the quality of the writing. What they are concerned with is the growth of the stock because so much of their salary are stock options. So much of their, and the people that they have to report to the mm -hmm. board and the stock owners, they need growth. They need growth. That's the stock market that rewards growth. Hmm. It used to be a time where companies matured and paid a dividend. And the whole idea of owning stock in a company was that you were paid a dividend. And like that was, oh my gosh, every quarter I get this amount of money from this company that I've invested in. And, you know, the company's value goes up. Hmm. But like the whole reward of being a successful company is to pay a dividend. And the mentality has changed over 50 years where the reward is simply growth. The dividend yeah. has dividend is seen almost as a declaration that growth has stopped in the stock market mind. And then things kind of go like, oh man, they pay a dividend. They can't be growing anymore. So mm. the stock isn't worth that much because the stock market is so concerned about growth. Mm. And if your obsession is growth, and you are a mature company whose market can only expand so much more. So yeah. therefore is growing at a much lower rate. 
the pressure comes down to how do we artificially create growth? And one of the ways you artificially create growth is to purchase other companies. And then that creates the illusion of growth. Mm. You don't actually grow. You're just spending money on another company, but it creates the data mm. that illustrates growth. And mm. then the other way is we have to cut cost. Mm. We have to cut cost. And they don't cut the prices. If the costs go down, they don't cut the prices. They keep the yeah. prices exactly where they are, if not higher. Yeah. They're creating growth for cutting costs. So if you've got your boss mm. who isn't concerned about the quality of your work yeah. and is only concerned about how much it costs to create the thing, there's a conflict there. Mm. There's a conflict there. And the window for most of these companies, because they're concerned about growth now, they're not concerned about where this company is going to be in 10 years because they're going to be retired. They're going to be gone. Like they're, they're going to move on to another company. It's not their company. They're not studio heads who, who grew this company. They don't really care what happens once they leave. And when you have that kind of short-sightedness, then you have the demands and trying to change a model that has worked for decades upon decades because it doesn't matter to you. But we're artists. We tend to think differently. <laughs> like we, yeah. we train other artists. We think about the future. I'm a teacher. You know, I've got students who are uh, both through the University of Houston and I teach individually as well. I teach privately through my website, storyandplot.com. Yes. Yes. And I want to see success from my students. I want to see a future for them. I want there to be an industry for them to live and, and thrive in. And the model that they're creating right now, it's not going to be attractive for people to, to pursue it because there's not going to be enough jobs. There's not going to be upward growth. There's not going to be, hey, I start here at the bottom and I work hard for 30 years and I retire handsomely. <laughs> like it's, mm -hmm. there's the, that model's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. And we have to protect it. And if we don't protect it now, we won't have the power to protect it later. Mm. So the upward growth is going to get limited. A lot of things are going to get changed. Do you think the way, um, the direction in which the strike is going right now, uh, the demands of it, what do you think is the kind of impact? We know the kind of impact that WGA is looking for uh but what is the kind of impact that you see that this will bring to artists worldwide i i think we we are the front line right now yes and 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 i think we see ourselves as the front line because ai and the subscription model is relatively new yeah. But like I said, this mentality of uh, diminish the labor, diminish the labor in an effort to create growth when it really isn't there has been around for decades now. Mm. Uh, again, like the middle class, American middle class is shrinking, the lower class, um, mm. 
they're getting bigger and they're it's 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 getting larger and they're being paid less mm. and there is a concerted effort to decrease the the labor mm. uh the price of labor and so now it's turned to artists and it hasn't really turned to artists like i think a lot of us felt like we were well they can't replace us mm. you know like we're we're immune from that yeah. and i think we've been um we have been less empathetic than we should have been as it has been happening for the last 30 years. Mm. I really do. I think there is that human nature of it's not happening to me. So I don't care that yeah. much. Yeah. I can nod and go, that's terrible, mm. but I won't, I won't sacrifice until it happens to me. And this mm. is a great tragedy of you know, the human race is that you can stop terrible things if people can see three or four steps forward, but until it's happening to them, it, it is a, an unfortunate part of human nature that like mm -hmm. we, we just can't care as much, but now when it happens to you, it's, uh, you know, like it's, there's, mm -hmm. there's a, an old phrase of, um, uh, a recession is when your neighbor is out of work and a depression is when you are out of work <laughs> and it's suddenly, it, like when it hits home. Mm. And so now artists throughout the world are, you know, visual artists are seeing AI. But again, AI isn't creating anything out of nothing. No They're not creating yeah. anything. Correct. They're plagiarizing other artists. Correct. They're moving this from this photograph, stealing this from yeah. this painting. Yes. Like it's plagiarizing yeah. without anyone's permission. Yeah. And so you've got visual artists who are very under threat. Uh, yeah. musicians are, are, are yeah. really under threat. Yeah. Um, so I, I think. What is the solution hope, to this? What is the solution to this, Tom? I what think we mean? win. We win, mm -hmm. you know, like that's the solution is we mm -hmm. win. We, we stop so, it. But we do not use AI. We put ethics on AI the way we are going to use it. Yes. Because you can't copyright AI because it's all stolen yeah. material. Yeah. And so, I mean, like if you can't even have private property within, within artistry. Yeah. Good gosh. You know, like you'll, 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 you'll decimate every single artistic occupation yeah. there is. So, yeah. but the writers, the screenwriters are the most unified, most powerful guild of artists in the world. Uh, and we are more powerful than DGA and SAG hmm. because we are willing to strike. Uh, yeah. SAG and DGA have always been much more uh, uh, resistant to that idea. Yeah. Uh, DGA does not like to strike. <laughs> DGA is not a striking guilt. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the guild, for better or for worse, we were founded by a bunch of Hollywood communists. Yeah. Uh, who had no problem yeah. fighting for labor and yeah. going against the studios. And so yeah. it's kind of a little bit more in our DNA yeah. to strike than it is yeah. in SAG. And, you know, we, we, we're a little bit like Teamsters in that way, you know, yeah. of, of just unified labor that's willing to fight when we see an unfair deal on the table. Mm. And that makes us very powerful because of it. Mm -hmm. um, like what we do, I don't, I mean, obviously what we do is extremely important, but it's no more important than what SAG and DGA does. Like that's just mm -hmm. as instrumental 
<clears throat> in the process of creating film and television. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we are three parts of, of, you know, that tripod. But what makes us more powerful in labor negotiations is that we will strike. We'll do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully there is strength to be seen from that, not just from um, um, the unity of doing it, but getting the word out. Like to me, it's amazing that this is a story in India, that India even cares what the WGA is doing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The Screenwriters Guild here has uh, issued a notice in an email to everyone saying that we are supporting the WGA strike because I think uh, a lot of writers are also part of uh, writing stuff over there. Yeah. And, um, but Tom, tell me, do you, how do you foresee the AI changing the making of films? Uh, that's one. Uh, and then how do you foresee it changing screenwriting? But first, how do you foresee it changing films? Uh, it's a good question because I, I think we're trying to keep it from doing so. Uh, the main issue with AI from a business standpoint is that you cannot copyright it. Yes. You can't copyright it. You, so you can't protect it. Yeah. So even to say like, for some reason, AI creates a script and you hire a writer yeah. to rewrite it and change it. Yeah. Um, you can't copyright the base script that it's based on. So you are essentially adapting public domain material. Mm. Uh, that's an issue for a lot. That's an issue for a lot. So mm. uh, you have to be very careful of how you use it. You have to be very careful in the chain of title of how you use it. Mm. Um I I suspect this is just my mm. my suspicion is yeah. that uh, AI will be used in a varied uh, bit of ways based on the individual. Some people won't touch it. Some people yes. will have no interest in it. Yeah. Some people will use it as a brainstorming tool. Yeah. Um, but I I I think it will have to grow considerably before it's particularly useful in storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and God knows it, it it can change like how fast this stuff changes is, yeah. is amazing. No one knows. Uh, do you no see that the credit is going to get divided between, or should get divided between the writer and uh, you know the AI yeah, bot? It, what do you what do it, you? Think? I mean, even even in the current guild, like even in the like they would have to take a right away from the guild, which is, just doesn't happen. You know, like yeah. like. That's why that's why the studios are so resistant to give in on anything because once you negotiate a deal in a collective bargain, yeah, it is near impossible to get that thing out. The collective yeah. bargaining is always expanding, um, and it it just doesn't move fast enough most of the time. Like we didn't get enough of streaming in the last negotiation, and that has become a problem because streaming moves so quickly. Yeah, it our our old deal didn't deal with it as well as it could have or should have yeah um so but again the base problem is the inability to copyright it so Mm. you can't give ai credit uh because you have to be a human being within the wga deal so like that in itself is right there it's gone yeah and then do you want versions of your script 
that aren't protected by you know the law like that that anyone can yeah. take yeah um so now once once you hire a writer to come in and fix that ai yeah, yeah. then what they the work they do to fix it you can protect but it's it is like everyone working from a public domain book you can have three different versions hmm. of this public domain book yeah uh and for the most part you don't want to be doing that like, yeah like, like winnie yeah. the pooh is now is now public domain mm. disney's interpretation of winnie the pooh is protected mm. but mm. winnie the pooh itself is now public domain yeah so the value of disney's interpretation goes down mm-hmm. don't tell me do you foresee in terms of you being a professor of screenwriting as well do you foresee that this this phase of ai phase the wga strike phase is going to like affect the way screenwriting is viewed as a course for the future screenwriters um certainly not in the foreseeable future because mm-hmm. the, like the fundamentals like ai doesn't do anything that you can't see hundreds of years of film already doing so it mm. doesn't it doesn't help you teach it at all mm. um everyone still has to learn the fundamentals of story they have to understand mm. what story is they have to understand mm. structure characterization mm. the journey of transformation yeah. yeah so um and it certainly won't affect the way i teach i teach a very specific way of approaching because i'm i've been a professional for so long yeah Uh, I'm not an academic. I'm a professional who 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 teaches my profession to other students. Yeah. Whereas I'm sure there're more academic professors who don't do it professionally, they have a different way of teaching screenwriting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so it won't affect me at all. Um I I am I am somewhat there a book I read uh uh by um I wish I could remember the title uh or the the author's name but it's a a book called Girdle Escher Bach and it is about the way we think and there's a huge part of it talking about AI and its inability of 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 why it can never really truly be self-aware mm-hmm. and there are there are uh um you know great things that we can learn about learning and giving it to AI and this is one of the reasons why you see AI growing so much but I've never been I've never been worried about AI uh replacing um the creative aspect of what we do. Mm. I I am much more worried about people thinking it can. Like that <laughs> that that that's what concerns me. And that's a huge concern because yeah. you are talking about the decision makers here <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah people who are going to green light the stuff yeah so in- instead of a room of of six writers yeah you have a room of one writer and yeah. ai and that poor yeah. writer is by like is doing everything themselves yes. because the people upstairs think oh ai will do every everything else yeah and it's just not true yeah uh, but i think um maybe maybe you could if you're if you're brainstorming and um you could ask ai 
like a very advanced search engine of, oh, I am, I'm writing a scene where someone has to break out of prison and, and you can ask AI, what are six different types of prisons and what are their weaknesses? And it can be a very advanced Google search engine that filters things out automatically where you don't have to learn all that code to get a really specific search. Like mm -hmm. I, I think there's tremendous progress can be made there as far as helping you out and having a research assistant that you don't have to pay for mm. like there. But as far as creating scenes, again, AI doesn't know what it's doing right now. It, no. it is, it is what it is trying to do is fool you into thinking this is a scene because yeah. it doesn't actually know what a scene is. It doesn't actually know what an emotion is. It doesn't actually know any of these things. And so what it's doing is trying to make you believe there is something there that mm -hmm. isn't. Mm -hmm. And Tell for some people, it will mm -hmm. do it successfully. There'll be people who think, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't gobbledygook, <laughs> you know, this yeah. makes sense. So yeah. therefore it is a scene. Yeah. Yeah. But give it to an actor and see what they do. Yeah. Do you, don't tell me, do you foresee, or do you think that we should have laws coming in place? Um, this would be the right time to do that, to manage the use of AI uh, when it comes to. Oh, creating. I do. Yeah, I do. I, I think there are, there are, there are ethical and non-ethical ways to yes. use AI and, um, you will always see people until it is encoded into law, you will see people blur those lines between oh, yes. ethical and non-ethical oh, yes. um, because there are non-ethical people, you yeah. know, like that is, that is, and it's a tool like anything else and a tool can be used for good and it can be used for bad. Yeah. And, and again, like I, my concern with AI is it's, is it's not at what's going on at the heart of it, but it yeah. being able to create the illusion that there is a heart of it. Mm -hmm. Tell me, Tom, do you see this WGH strike just the tip of the iceberg? And there's a lot more that might just unfold in the coming days. Uh, I hope not. I hope not. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is the battle. I think this is the proxy battle. This mm -hmm. is what I think. Like this is the proxy battle and who, who wins this battle will be like what the stop line is of like if if they manage to break the union yeah then it will be a flood it will be a tidal wave hmm. uh, through the artistic community and ai yeah. uh, and and in 15 20 years the uh the entertainment business will be unrecognizable Mm. Unreckoned. 15, 20 years. Yeah, it's, it's not that, it's that long, you know, but we still have such talented people right now. Yes. And what will happen for us is that those at the top will keep working just fine. Yeah. They'll do a different job. They'll find themselves writing a lot more and less producing and show running. Yeah. Um, but that group will eventually retire. And there'll be no one to take their place. Mm -hmm. There'll be mm -hmm. no one to kind of be able to manage and learn what they have done. And, and then the quality 
and then as soon as you kill screenwriting as an occupation, like who's going, who's going to be attracted to it? Who's going to go into it? Who's going to devote 10 years of working for free? Will movies die? Say again? Do you think movies are going to die? Uh, The quality, they'll keep making movies. They just won't be very good. You know, like they just, they will continue, they will get worse and worse and worse. Mm. Um, But something will take its place. Mm. You know, Mm. like the attention, all the energy, people will miss movies. Oh, I miss movies so much, but (laughs) here's my, here's my TikTok and my video game. But the same thing's happening to the video game where, you know, like that battle is happening. But again, the reason why the WGA is a big deal is because we are unified. We have a guild. Yeah. We're strikey and we're in a position of strength right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like video game artists, they weren't unified. There isn't a strong video game artist guild. So they've been decimated. Musicians, yeah. there isn't a strong musician guild. So they've been yeah. decimated. Very strong point. Yeah. Very strong point, Tom. Tell me in terms of the the parting line if you have something to say uh anything that artists the world over should um, consider this wga strike how we can support how can we be part of it because this is not just a battle between humans you know it is a battle between a human and a bot you know here here's here's the, this is the battle this is the battle right now we are determined uh, to win this. Yeah. What will decide this is who lasts longer. That's it. Because mm-hmm. we're out of work. <laughs> you know, writers yeah. are not working. Directors are not working. Yeah. Actors are not working. Uh, like we, they still have a little residue of scripts right now. Um, but those will, those will run out. Mm. Uh, SAG is voting to authorize a strike. They may go on strike. And so what you will have is this large, a relatively large population of professionals, of writers, directors, actors, technicians, designers. You will have people who are, uh, some of them are wealthy. Most of them are middle class. Yes. uh, And then another, a huge part of them who are, just trying to get by week to week. Yes. Those people are choosing not to work to fight this battle. Yeah. And they're going up against a corporation where the people who make the decisions literally have hundreds of millions of dollars in their personal bank accounts. (laughs) So like the pressure that they get, the pressure they get that they do not feel personally, that they will only feel professionally because personally they're financially fine. Whereas we feel the pressure financially at home. We feel it professionally. We feel it creatively. Who's going to outlast the other? And the only thing that we have on our side is unity. We have community. We have support. But this will go on. And I'm very lucky. I, 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 you know, I, I have some, I, I, I have contracts that I negotiated and signed before the deal, before the strike happened, that will keep me afloat for a little a little while. My teaching at U of H is not uh, a lucrative. I do that because I love it. Uh, but I can get by 
longer than a, some can. Yeah. If this goes five, six months, I start to hurt. I yeah. start to like freak out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we've got writers today who are freaking out because there's yes. not jobs. You've yeah. got writers who are on the strike line and the meal they serve on the strike line is the meal they get that day. Mm. That's like, and they are continuing to show up to yeah. fight this battle. Yeah. So anything we can do right yeah. now, moral support Yeah. right now, it's giving to, um, uh, uh, these funds that are in Hollywood that support yeah. out of non-writers who are out of work. Because yes. when we go out of work, there's there's technicians who go out of work. There are uh, teamsters that go out of work. Like there's a lot of people. It's not just us. A yeah. lot of people pay the price of this strike. So whatever we can do to support them, uh, both financially, morally, community, gestures of support, anything to boost morale. But really, at some point, it's going to convert over to, to just the reality of the finances. Yeah. Tom, tell me, what if the laws and ethics of AI usage comes from the people who are making it? What if these people right from there, you know, make these ethics? Do you think that's going to be more seamless flow to the usage of AI? Uh, that's a good question. I would not trust mm. the makers of AI. To, <laughs> like I, like they've been doing it without guardrails for this long. They don't like. They're all excited. Elon There's must that. Not be trusted now. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Uh, I. Yeah. So, I. I don't know how you do it as far as like who knows that business as well. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. But I, I think it would certainly require some outsiders. Like, you know, like. <laughs> yes. Great, Tom. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Uh, it was great finally having you on the show. And, oh, uh, thanks you... for having me. What a great talk. We didn't talk much about screenwriting, but I, I sure, like, <laughs> I haven't really talked about this in depth with anyone. So I, sure, I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. the beginning of a battle between human and bots do you think this is just the tip of the iceberg and what the kind of laws that we need to have ethics in ai ponder on this as we try and find a solution to this very important and urgent if i may say problem take care guys and stay well and do not forget to follow us on our new instagram handle the dot artist podcast and you can always find me on linkedin